Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Today, the title of the podcast is A Final Thoughtful Gift to Survivors. Uh, I love that title. And and Peter has actually brought in a special guest today, and that's Carl Goldman. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good morning. We're fine, thanks. Good morning, Eric. How are you? I'm good, Carl. Thanks for being here, man. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank Peter. He's the one that brought you. <laughs> I'm just along for the ride, man. <laughs> this, is, this is good stuff. Now, I know that this is a lot about comprehensive financial planning, and I know that's what the root of this topic is. And when I really think about that, I'm not just thinking about planning my own funeral. Why are we discussing this today? And why, why should, more importantly, I guess, why should our listeners keep tuning into this podcast? What are they going to learn from today? I hear you, Eric. And, you know, we, we live in a society today that, that seems to worship, you know, youth and fitness and good health. And it seems to put more value, at, at least that's my perception, on, on the first half of or the first 50 years of life. And I'd say most of our clients and the, and the people we're talking to are probably in their second half or, or the second 50 years of life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I believe in 50 plus what we see is that more people are in touch with their own personal mortality and they're, they're more willing to face that reality. And I'd venture to say that if you're in this second half of life, it's unfortunately likely that you've survived the loss of a loved one, mm. either a parent or grandparent, a sibling, a spouse, or, or even a child. Um, I know it sounds um, depressing, but I think it's a, it's a reality. So you may have been confronted with some or all of the difficult decisions that must be made after the death of a loved one. It's a real difficult time for families. And in my experience is that survivors really appreciate the opportunity to focus really on the grieving process Mm -hmm. and not the logistics and distractions surrounding funerals and burials and wakes and graveside services. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot of logistics. And um, so with that in mind, I thought it would be helpful and interesting to discuss this topic. And today I have a, a, a special guest joining me who's really an expert in this field that's called advanced planning. And I'd like to introduce you to Carl Goldman. He's a licensed funeral director in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts uh, since 1988. Since 92, he's been a principal at Stanetsky Memorial Chapels in Brookline and Canton and Stanetsky Hymanson Chapel in Salem. Uh, For the past 18 years, he's been director of their advanced planning program, helping literally thousands of families navigate all these decisions and details that, that final arrangements entail. The Stanetsky Group of Funeral Homes is New England's most prominent Jewish funeral institution and is a proud affiliate of Service Corporation International Dignity Memorial, the USA's premier funeral service company with over 1,500 service funeral homes and cemeteries throughout North America. Wow, that's that's great. Carl, thank you again for being here. 
Um, I just want to jump in real quick because this, this is very timely. Just on a personal note, I had a, a good friend of ours pass away uh, just, just a couple weeks ago. Unexpected. She was on a missions trip with her daughter in Costa Rica and got caught in a riptide and, and drowned. Mm. And Peter knows that, that my wife and I used to work at a place called Boys Town here in, in Nebraska. And her and her husband were family teachers there taking care of at-risk youth for 30 years. So hundreds of kids' lives touched. So when Peter was talking about all the planning and the final gift to be able to allow people to grieve, and, and I just want to thank you for what you do because going to her service and seeing the amount of people there and seeing how this is impacting the family and the community and everyone involved, there were children there from so many families that she's touched over the last 30 years and, and people she's taken care of and all the community outreach she did. And, and it's just overwhelming to know what that family is going to have to go through now. when mm. she's just taken in an instant, not mm. planned, you know, an accidental death is always the worst, but um, I thank you for what you do. And I'm really glad that you're on the show today. Well, please accept uh, my own personal condolences on the loss of your friend. Certainly, this is nobody's favorite topic of, of conversation, but it's certainly one that has to be entered into at some point in everybody's life. Incredibly important, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I may be using the words uh, funeral arrangements and final arrangements interchangeably. Final arrangements are defined as just your wishes after you pass away mm. or someone's wishes after they pass away may or may not include a funeral. We'll be talking about many conversations today, but uh, when I use the word funeral arrangements or final arrangements, they're interchangeable. Mm. All right. Well, Peter, thank you for indulging me. Let me let me bring that up real quick because it just oh, thank you, and I'm, yeah. I'm sorry to uh, hear about your loss. No, it's it's and, it's, and your yeah. community's loss. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. It's just it was amazing to see you know what what everybody came together to do, and that's this is a big part of it. So I, I love this topic today. Great, hey, Carl. Tell me a bit about your life as a funeral director. My life as a funeral director, I've been uh, in Massachusetts for a very long time, uh, arranging funeral services at the time people pass away. And, and uh, now as my specialty, as you mentioned, is helping people and families before deaths occur, hopefully long, long before deaths occur. And it's a true difference. There are only two ways a final arrangement can be made, uh, either after a death occurs or, as we always hope, long before a death occurs. There's kind of no in between. So to for every person that's alive, a final arrangement does need to be made. Uh, the more, like many things in life, the more you do beforehand, the better off everyone is going to be. We plan for so much in life. This is just one more thing that's important for this is one more thing that's important as an aspect of everyone's life uh, because we all must face the fact that not only are we mortal, but we will leave behind people, families, loved ones, people who care about us, who will need to care for these needs after we go. Great. Well, th thanks, Carl. I, I do think it's a uh, such an important calling that, that you're involved in, uh, helping people at their mo really such an important time in, in, in their family's world. So thank you so much for doing the work that you do. Well, I have a great team at Stanetsky, and uh, we all work together, and there's also a great team at Dignity Memorial also backing us up, and we are in what I would refer to as the legacy business. The funeral homes that I work at have been in existence since 1892, so we've been around for a real long time. Every person can only have one funeral, but we help families again and again. 
And if we don't do things the right way, every time families will not ask us to help them in future years. So when I say that we're a legacy funeral home, people will call every day and say, you helped when my great grandfather passed away and when my grandfather passed away and when my dad passed away. And now we would like to talk about our own future arrangements. And that is how we have survived and been so prominent for uh, all these decades. Sure. Carl, why do, you, why do the funeral homes that you're affiliated with, why do you have a director dedicated to only helping families with in advance of death? I have a very unique job. Not too many funeral directors in the country do specialize in advanced planning. Our philosophy is that the uh, funeral directors are helping families at the time that deaths occur. Phone rings 24-7-365. We are available to help people and to start helping them and start answering their immediate questions and taking care of all of the business and, and the logistics that need to be done at that time. Uh, but when people call the funeral home and they say, we are interested in making or talking about funeral arrangements in advance, everyone at the funeral home goes, oh, you talk to Carl. So it's a pretty good division of labor. I help everyone before deaths occur. All of my associates help people at the time deaths occur, and that way people can have the confidence to know that whenever anything is needed, the file is pulled out, looked at, reviewed, and it's almost like I am there present because my arrangement folders are full of the information and the requests that the families that I've met have given me. Um, it always works well. Yeah, that leads into the, the next question is, is why do your clients meet with you? What, what is it that, that drives them to do advanced planning? What's, what's their goal and, and what are your goals? People will come to see us to do their funeral arrangements for many, many different and personal reasons. The benefits, though, that everyone gets out of it, really, they are twofold. So no matter what the reason, the benefits are the same. The first category of benefits is emotional. If a funeral has to happen or a death has just occurred and nothing has been planned, you can well imagine, and many of your listeners have been through this personally, the crisis that can happen if people are not prepared. They're in mourning, they're in grief, the thinking clearly goes out the window. To have arrangements already in advance is a real advantage because it's just a phone call to us to put everything into play. So you can imagine the difference between a family needing to call us and knowing that everything's already in place as opposed to the family that's called us and nothing is in place. And they do have to start everything from scratch during a very difficult time and things do generally have to be done relatively quickly. The so it definitely provides comfort for the survivors. Without these plans in place, your survivors would never really be able to answer two questions with certainty. The first question is, what would they have wanted? And the second question is, am I doing the right thing? No one has to ask those questions when arrangements already in place. There is a second reason that people do this, and sometimes this is financial. And again, you have a financial podcast. So people who have reached a certain financial status in life haven't gotten there by being unwise with their funds. 
why do people prefund and prepay funeral services in advance? When the funeral homes fees are prefunded, they are locked in and guaranteed forever and never go up. So the object by contract. So the object is we get to say to families literally hundreds of times a year, you don't owe us anything because you paid for everything five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago or whenever. So there's a real financial advantage to getting things done. Many of your listeners probably own grave lots at cemeteries and many of them may have purchased them or have been aware of them for many, many years, but they're there and they're ready for when they need them. Well, it's kind of the same concept with funeral arrangements. You do it once and you don't do it again. So there's a real financial advantage to getting it done. Um, there is another reason that families often call us to make funeral arrangements, and that is for what's called a potential Medicaid spend down. So here's how I define uh, Medicaid spend down when it relates how it relates to what I do for people. Pretending that a, a senior, a typical senior, has to go into a nursing home or a facility like it, and that senior will have a certain amount or pile of assets from which the nursing home will take, take, take every month until they're almost all gone. It doesn't matter what those um, assets are, they're just there. And they're taken away until they're almost all gone, at which point the family applies for Medicaid, which will kick in and then pay for the senior's care at the facility from that point forward. What Medicaid and nursing homes want families to do before the senior reaches that Medicaid eligibility level is to pluck out some of the funds from that pile and to pay for the services that the family wants to have. When the funeral home does everything right, which I know that we do, the family gets a contract from us that says a couple of things that are important. One, that the services that they desire, whatever they've turned out to be, they've been funded. And two, that the agreement between us has been termed irrevocable or Medicaid eligible. The words mean the same things. And what that means to a family is that it will then become an asset of the seniors that Medicaid can never take away. It is a legitimate um, expense for, again, what's called the Medicaid spend down. There are other things that people can do in order to help spend down assets to qualify for Medicaid. But uh, when I'm helping people, that's the main thing that's important to them, that the services have been funded with the seniors' own funds, one, again, to help spend down their assets, and two, so that the survivors are not subject to the financial responsibility at the time of funeral services have to happen. Yeah, that's a. Those are um, two really important benefits. Certainly, that that um, uh, the emotional benefit of of pre planning, uh, and and the financial. Um, and for for many people, it, it, that that Medicaid spend down uh, is 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 significant. It really should be part of the discussion, the estate planning discussion for for a lot of people. Understood. In life. We have prepared for many, many things. You know, we all have insurances. We have car insurance in case we get into an accident. You know, we have uh, health insurance in case we get sick. And the funny thing is that uh, if those things never happen, you've purchased something that you don't really need. But you have those insurances anyway, just in case. Well, if it makes sense to present, to protect yourself and your family from things that might happen, it does make more or equal sense to protect them from something that definitely will happen. 
I do talks in front of groups uh, all the time and get a lot of interesting questions. And one of the questions I get often is with advances in medicine and people living longer, how has that affected the death rate? And uh, I usually answer by saying that uh, over the years in our area, the death rate has remained remarkably consistent. It's 100%. <laughs> so true, Carl. Thanks. Um, so you've touched upon uh, you, 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 the benefits of, of pre-planning, and you've actually talked a little bit about the consequences of, of not being prepared. Is there anything else you'd like to add relative to, to, to not preparing for, for, uh, for funerals and, 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 and final arrangements? I've seen both circumstances. And in your own imagination, you can imagine, and maybe you've been through it yourself, and I'm talking to your listeners now, how much more comfort people get knowing that they do not have to make these arrangements at the time somebody passes away. So I've seen it both ways. People in panic, people in crisis, because nothing's been planned, but people who, and then as opposed to people who are confident that their wishes will be obeyed and followed by their survivors and the survivors know that they are fulfilling the wishes of the people that they love. It's a, that's a great comfort, really is. You know, uh, Carl, one of the questions I have is that, that well, let me make this comment. I think one of the great advantages of being affiliated, affiliated with a religious community is that that community typically does life's big events really well. They, they're involved in, in some way around births and deaths and marriages. The, this community offers uh, specific traditions that can offer comfort and, and joy to, to families. But how, how do those families that are not affiliated, how, how do they deal with uh, advanced planning? It is true that we live today in a more secular society than we might have lived in when we were growing up. There are people who consider the many more people who consider themselves to be non-religious or not affiliated. Uh, final arrangements have very, um, can have as much religious significance as people wish, but they can also have no religious significance. A final arrangement or a funeral arrangement has more to do with paying tribute to the deceased, comforting the mourners, recognizing that a life has been lived and providing respect to the deceased and to the survivors. Whether that final arrangement entails religious services or not, that can be completely up to every individual family or every individual. Um, but everyone deserves to be remembered. To remember and to be remembered are two very natural and healthy and universal human emotions. That's why we have cemeteries where people go to visit the deceased. We have monuments to deceased heroes like Lincoln, where we go visit and remember them. So it is part of our human experience that we must uh, remember the people that we love. And we do want to be remembered and, and honored by the people that we love. It, the death of a person is an important day in the life of a community and, uh, you know, shouldn't be, uh, in my opinion, ig ignored. So that's why people have services and why they have gatherings. And so even, even if you're not affiliated with a, a religious community, uh, you can do advanced planning in the way that you, that you feel comfortable, that your family uh, feels comfortable with. 
as I said before, I'm using the words final arrangements and funeral interchangeably. Final arrangements can be anything uh, that people wish from nothing. And by nothing, I mean people will often say, this is just going to be a cremation with no service. Or this is going to be a burial in the ground of a casket with no service. And that's a disposition too. There's just no service. And that's absolutely appropriate for people who wish to do that. Um, So no matter what your individual wishes are, the process of getting these things done and the benefits of getting them done really are exactly the same. There are really four steps involved when people start thinking about this. The first is that they're going to reflect on what's important to them deciding the type of service that they want and what they would like to have happen. The second part of it is they're going to record their wishes. You can record it with a a funeral home. You can record it in the personal planning guide, which uh, Dignity Memorial offers and Stanetsky Chapels offers. The third step is to support those decisions, either support them financially uh, or support them by telling everyone that's involved uh, what your wishes are and who to call and what to do at the time that the phone call has to be made. And you are going to share that with everyone that's important to you so that there's no question at the time. They'll just know it's a phone call to make. You're such a good point. I think I'm reminded uh, as we're talking to families uh, and, and, and talking to generations um, that conversation is really the most important thing that, that, that families talk about what their goals and aspirations are, not just around final arrangements, but just also about uh, as you enter into different phases of life, whether you know it's a, a medical situation or uh, whether there's a need for assisted living or or but we just talk to our our children, our parents about what they want. What I do with people, it's exactly right, Peter. What I do with people has very little to do with dying. It really has to do with living and living with the fact that you know that these plans are in place and that people are going to know what's going to happen um, at the time it becomes inevitable for for all of us. Carl, let's talk a little bit about just kind of the the granular aspects of, of, uh, of making final arrangements. How are the consumers protected? So I assume mm-hmm. that there's typically, in a lot of cases, there are uh, there, there's a uh, money being spent. Mm-hmm. What happens to sure. these prepaid funds? So I would like people to look at this as a consumer purchase. When they go to a funeral home and they determine that, you know what, this is a good idea. We are going to pre-fund our funeral services and they make that decision. The From that point, they're looking at it as a consumer purchase, but it is a unique consumer purchase in that when you go to a store and you give them money, they give you something to take home. You know, here's the table, here's the television, whatever, you've made that exchange. Well, when people come to me, when they come to Stanetsky Chapels and they give us funds in advance, they really have nothing to take home except pieces of paper, a contract that says that we promise to do this for you at some future date that we don't know uh, when it's going to be. So because of that, your money has to be protected. And luckily in Massachusetts, it's very consumer friendly. When people pay a funeral home in advance, the funeral home cannot keep the money. The funds by law have to go to and be held by somebody that isn't the funeral home. It's usually a bank trust or an insurance company, but they both work the same way. The insurance company or the bank trust holds the funds. The funeral home 
is not allowed to access those funds until it's proven to them that that particular person has died with a legal death certificate. The advantage for the funeral home, we want the 5,000 people who've done this with us and everybody to do these advance arrangements with us because even though we don't get anything until funerals happen, because it builds our business, it makes us worth more with so many of these on file, we are going to be around for a very, very long time. Families wish to do it for the reasons that you already know. The funeral is arranged, the cost is guaranteed, there's no guessing, perhaps the Medicaid spend down, but more importantly, because the funeral home cannot access the funds, people are protected in case they move away or in case the funeral home that they've paid, they've decided that they don't wish to use them. Everyone has a right to call up any funeral home at any time and say, we've just determined as a family that your funeral home is not going to service the funeral that we've paid for. The third party, the bank or the insurance company, will send the funds that you gave to that funeral home to some other funeral home. The funeral home that you paid, funeral home A, is not allowed to keep a penny. So the upshot truly of all that is very, very consumer friendly, especially in Massachusetts. I do this with attorneys and estate planners and elder care lawyers all the time. And again, if your listeners have elderly parents or perhaps are are going to uh, estate planners and Medicaid is an issue, that's the first thing that they're told to do is to go to the funeral home and prepay for the funeral. So, so the the consumer is really protected if if they uh, if they they change their mind if they move far away mm-hmm. if the funeral home goes out of business those dollars are are available to them to be used at another funeral home can they get their All actual correct. cash back? All correct. In most cases, most of the funds can be returned. Consult with your individual funeral director to find out exactly how that works, um, but. Usually when people fund a funeral, they don't ask for the return of the funds. They just, if the funeral home's not going to help them, it's very rare, they just ask for it to be transferred to the another funeral home because someone is going to have to service the services anyway. Sure, right. You know? Yeah. Carl, m- many of our listeners have, have heard of final insurance offered uh, with from companies like Colonial Pen or AARP. What are your thoughts on these kinds of contracts? As I mentioned before, people do have insurances for many different types of things. We would like people to think about making their arrangements with the funeral home as something completely separate that they own over and above any other insurances that they might have for a couple of different reasons. The first one is the only way to guarantee the cost of a funeral is to enter into an agreement with a funeral home to pre-fund it. So while there may be funds available to pay for a funeral at the time a death occurs, the only way to get the benefit of the price guarantee is to pre-fund the funeral. The second reason is a little more esoteric, and that is that when people pay these insurance uh, insurances, they can really be used for anything. They're not necessarily designated for funerals or final arrangements. They're just marketed that way. And they can be considered to be an asset for these Medicaid spend downs, which means that they are subject to be taken away as part of a person's asset when they're uh, applying for Medicaid. And here's the, the third pretty important reason also. Insurances provide funds only. They don't help a family make the many decisions that have to be made uh, at the time that 
arrangements have to be made. They don't assist your children or your spouse as they go to a family's funeral home selection room and try to select a casket. They don't do any of that. They just provide funds. At the end of a person's life, those funds could be needed for other things. You have final expenses that are unrelated to funeral expenses. So an unexpected accident or an illness could eat away at the funds that people think are going to be there to pay for the funeral services. So again, financially speaking, does it make sense to pre-fund a service? Absolutely. Just like people purchase their grave lots in advance. So the, the, the bottom line, for your answer really is that the these kinds of insurance policies uh, may or may not be appropriate, but they, they really are not the final arrangements that, uh, that, that our listeners might be looking for. Correct. Any advice for funerals goes to professionals in the funeral business. Yep. Just like any advice for, for finances, people go to you, Peter. If I uh, need a plumber at home, I'm not going to call an electrician. <laughs> you know, call someone, talk to someone in your community who uh, does this for a living. Well, that's great. Carl, this has been really eye-opening and, and helpful, I think, for many of our listeners, including myself. Uh, how, how do families begin this process of, of advanced planning? Who do they call and, and how do they get information? Well, I'm proud to represent Service Corporation International, Dignity Memorial, and we have a couple of, we have many, many resources that people can, uh, can call upon. Uh, the first one being the website, dignitymemorial.com. And there's also an 800 number, which is 1-800-DIGNITY, D-I-G-N-I-T-Y. And that's a good way to begin. People who are uh, living locally to us in Massachusetts, in the Massachusetts area, because we have so many funeral homes, they are more than welcome to go on these websites and call the 800 number and ask for me personally, Carl Goldman, and I'll be more than pleased to assist them and steer them in the proper direction. But it basically starts with the courage to pick up the phone and call or to go on the website and call. I've been doing my job long enough to know that when I'm talking to people for the first time, this is normally something that they've been thinking about for a while. No one wakes up in the morning and says, gee, I think I'll go talk to a funeral guy today. You know, it's usually something <laughs> that they've been thinking about for a while. So it is my job, and it's really hopefully every funeral home's job to look at it this way, which is it's our job to make it comfortable, to make it easily explainable so that people can walk out the door and put these things in a drawer and just let everybody know that it, that it exists and you live life and you be well. And um, this uh, burden has been lifted from everyone who cares about you. Great. Well, Carl, thanks so much for your time today. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, the information you, you gave us was was really helpful. So thanks, Carl. Thank you so much for having me. It's really been a pleasure. Carl, I, I appreciate you being here. This was fantastic. You said something, and I, I don't want to misquote you, but I know I will. Something to the effect of, I don't work with dying, I work with living? Or what was that? What we do has very little to do with dying. It there really has to do with living That's it. Yep. with the knowledge that these things have been taken care of. Yeah. And people get a lot of comfort from that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it just, there's that peace of mind. And, and I think in speaking from my own experience, my final planning was I have life insurance. I've got plenty of life insurance. My wife is taken care of and, and she can plan whatever kind of funeral she wants. But 
that's just such backwards thinking now that I, now that I really think about it because yeah, it's, yeah, she'll have the money to throw a big party, but then she has to plan that party. I don't want her to have to do that. <laughs> you know, so not, not at that moment. Uh, you know, hopefully she'll be grieving a little bit if I go. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the hopes. Well, maybe more than a little bit, but well, uh, let we'll it see. be a long time before she realizes <laughs> the gift that you're going to give her Yeah, absolutely. because it really is a gift. You yeah. know, it's a, Nobody ever regrets it. No one ever has called me to say, I really regret yeah. that mom and dad or brother or sister took care of these arrangements long beforehand. I wish they hadn't done it. Never heard it in 30 years. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And Peter, man, what a what a great choice for a guest. Thanks for bringing him in. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, Carl. All right. Thank you so, so much. You bet. And thank you all for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And wow, what a great podcast to share with them to say, you know what? This is something we need to take a look at. Let's reach out. Let's reach out to Peter, see what he has to say. Let's reach out to Carl, see what he has to say. They make a great team. Uh, So again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances. 